we are our own worst enemies uh, from that standpoint. So when you talk about those omni-channel experiences where, you know, you could do ship to store or, yep. you know, ship to customer or transfer. In, I mean, all of those people don't think about this, but those are all transactions that a system has to handle. The larger the organization, the more complex the system infrastructure, the more complex all those transactions are. And- Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. WMS and supply chain systems come in various shapes and sizes. And there are very few systems in the market that could catch up with the speed of the cloud ERP vendors. While NetSuite and Acumatica both had native capabilities for WMS, they both relied on HighJump for advanced WMS capabilities. While HighJump succeeded in being a default choice for a WMS solution, the game has been completely changed since its acquisition by Kerber. And now Kerber can provide similar capabilities as Manhattan or Blue Yonder. Kerber also has some unique layers such as managing DST and last mile, as well as transportation spend management. So where do HighJump and Kerber stand in their capabilities? In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Kerber or HighJump capabilities. We covered many grounds, including their unique strengths in the cloud native market and how they rule the mid-market, especially in the NetSuite and Acumatica ecosystems. We also covered their other strengths such as being comparable to larger solutions such as Blue Yonder or Manhattan in the large category space and have unique capabilities such as DSD or freight spend management. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every um, Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, we review vendor or the solution. And for today, we have a very interesting solution. I I think they are one of the most known, probably um, in the medium size uh, WMS community, Corbar or HighJump. They used to be called HighJump, but now Corbar is probably uh, the more common name for them. What are uh, they called now? Uh, it's Corbear, and I don't know, I mean, whether you oh, want okay. to do German pronunciation or American, and Cor- I don't know how you would do that. Okay, I, I think I, Corbeil. <laughs> Corbeil? Is, uh, is it Corbeil? Uh, something like that. Okay, interesting. Okay, we can probably have a little consensus here. Dave, uh, what do you want to pick one? <laughs> is it Corbeil or... <laughs> I'll go with the. Can I go with the majority? Is that a is that a a, a choice in the uh, in the equation? <laughs> <laughs> I never like being the tie breaking. <laughs> so which one are we picking? At least make your mind, Dave. Corbeil. 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 Okay. We're okay. Corbeil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I don't I'll know. take that. In any case, so we are going to start uh, with the intros first. Uh, if you don't know me, Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital uh, 
transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Thanks, Sam. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business, working with leaders in manufacturing and distribution, helping them to work towards operating with excellence and come to you with more than uh, 20 years of various operational leadership roles, uh, which included uh, a couple of ERP implementations and uh, obviously dealing with other uh, technologies. So excited to be here and thanks for having me, Sam. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Thank you, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I wish I'd only been in this business 20 years. I'd be still as good looking as Dave then. <laughs> With beautiful uh, hair. Miss the jokes. And... Miss the jokes, Andy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'll introduce my buddy on my shoulder, by the way. His name is Sam. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I picked him up when we were in the in the Hollywood studios last week, and now he does all my demos for me. So, and he's I doing way it. better than I ever could. So, it's I really love it. Good. Sam is doing uh, the demos. <laughs> good for you. I, I've been Hopefully, in, you win any deals. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the ERP business for all my life, almost. Um, uh, I also help uh, manufacturing, small to mid-sized manufacturers. I educate them on what the truth is about ERP before they buy. I have a published book on the topic. I do webinars and all kinds of stuff. And thanks a lot for inviting me, Sam. Being here, uh, Andy, and if you're in the audience um, and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. Uh, we typically try to cover them during the show. If you run out of time, we'll make sure that you get your answers. On that note, guys, uh, we are going to do a quick brief on this one. And I know, Andy, you have missed a couple of them, and we have... Now, I guess, you know, after reviewing uh, four or five uh, similar solutions, we sort of develop the layers and uh, the trends that we really want to hit on. We'll talk about that and we'll uh, discuss where these guys fit into those layers. Um, what you've proved over the last two weeks, Sam, is at least you proved you don't need me. That's not true at all. I mean, we missed the fun, so I don't know if anybody's... <laughs> We definitely need you, Andy, okay? <laughs> I'm just a comic relief. That's all I am. <laughs> um, and that, that's a must-have, right, uh, with these intense uh, sessions. So, um, again, thank you for being here. And, um, and we are getting some messages here. hope uh, we can show them. Okay. Uh, so, we have a guest here. Thank you so much for joining. I'm all right. So we, you, do you know him, Andy? No, no. But I, he said, may God bless everyone. I'm just telling God bless him, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So uh, we'll start with the layers. And um, Andy and Dave, I know we have been discussing at least for three or four different WMSs. And, uh, you know, for this one also, we are going to cover their strategy. This is a very similar strategy where I think two different vendors that come to mind at this point of time, number one is going to be Coke, you know, with respect to Infor. And the reason why I am mentioning them, Andy, is because a manufacturing company or slightly more industrialized company are trying to get into technology. This is probably a very similar story. Overall, if you look at their history, uh, you know, we have seen that in the case of Panasonic as well, which is, um, uh, which one was that? Um, I don't remember the solution, guys. Uh, Glovia, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was the uh, history there a little bit, right? Uh, we have some of the other uh, solutions that were acquired by um, a slightly more strategic advisor, not advisor, acquirer. So in this particular case, this would probably fall into that. But today, if you look at Coreview or Corebear, however you want to pronounce them. Uh, well, but the, <laughs> how do you pronounce an O with two dots? How, that's a Swedish letter, right? Or, or is it German? Swedish, is it German? So he probably knows how to pronounce it. Who? Dave looks Swedish. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or Scandinavian. This this is a German company though. This is not Swedish. I mean I'm, Oh it's German. Yeah. See? Wow. I'm sorry, can't help you, Andy. Oh well, that's okay. I, um, I still get to the wish I looked like you, Dave, because you're so <laughs> darn good looking. <laughs> Um, so, all right, guys. So, uh, you know, they have probably very similar, uh, you know, history and story here as well. So we are going to dig into that. Uh, but in terms of the layers, I guess um, the reason why these guys are really interested in acquiring these solutions is number one, they want to be very similar to your Blue Yonder Manhattan where you are trying to consolidate, combine a lot of different solutions. And then obviously your WMS footprint is, is trying to grow. Then you're, you are trying to become the whole suite of supply chain. That's what most vendors are doing. And that's that happened in their case as well. They have very, very, very similar strategy to Infor, FTN, uh, ECI, uh, where they are trying to create this whole one experience uh, where they have acquired a lot of different WMS solutions. By the way, iJump is just one. They have a lot of, WMS solutions in their portfolio, and they are trying to provide very, very, very similar UI uh, to provide that one experience, uh, you know, so when you are going to look at their product, they are going to appear very similar, uh, you know, but underneath they might have many different products uh, designed for specific micro verticals or industry. Um, so in this particular case, we are probably going to look at only high jump, but we are also covering the overarching uh, strategy. Uh, of these companies now in terms of the layers right so dave uh you know since you were slightly more active in the last um two sessions right so overall when we look at the wms market uh there are two or three different layers right number one is planning versus the transactional uh wms capabilities so these guys probably are not going to have uh as much planning footprint this is also slightly more into the the transactional side which is probably going to be comparable with uh, Manhattan and most of the WMS firms are probably slightly uh, you know they are probably uh, you know they, they are aligned towards that I mean in terms of the strategy Does I it don't know how to DRP element no this is not ERP strictly WMS okay. yeah 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 so I mean honestly speaking the way these solutions are positioned in the market they are almost trying to become an ERP, but they are not an ERP because, no. you know, their target market is 3PL, retail, distribution in that ERP does not really play much of a role, to be completely honest. Uh, you know, WMS has bigger footprint in general. Okay, TMS has far bigger footprint in, in those industries. So industry-wise, and that's another layer that we always cover. So thank you so much for bringing that idea. Um, you know, in terms of the industry, it's also going to be very unique industry that um, these solutions like to cover. Um, Dave, do you remember any other layers that we have touched on? Uh, last two ones. No, I mean I think that was the uh, that was the big one there. Um, I'm trying to think uh, what we had covered in the in the previous session uh, prior to that. Um, uh, escapes me. Uh, yeah, off the top of my head. Um, so I guess one of the I'll bring some points, and by the time maybe you will remember, right? So I think last time when we had reviewed and which one we did that last time we did uh, Logiva, right? And in that we had three different categories uh, inside the WMS solution itself. So you had WMS, WCS, and WES. That is the execution system. So now when you look at the control center functionality, they the control center functionality is very unique as well because that's where you get into these integration scenarios of uh, EMRs, ASRS systems, and there is 
like the humongous innovation happening in the warehouse space. So warehouse systems in general play a very different role compared to your ERP. They have very different focus and whatever they need to do inside the warehouse, the kind of data set that they need to carry uh, inside the warehouse is just phenomenal. Okay. So yeah, so they have very, very, very thick functionality that goes inside the warehouse system. So we are going to review uh, in their case as well. Now, there is another layer that we always touch as part of this one. There is a wave that is happening in the WMS market, which is going to be cloud versus non-prem, uh, on-prem, right? And uh, in this particular case, this is a cloud solution. And that's why they were getting installed. They were almost a default solution, um, you know, for NetSuite, Acumatica. Uh, I don't know how many customers they really share, uh, but these guys have a lot of instances. Uh, I believe 4,500. Well, they've been around for a long time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason why they got so many installations is because, you know, they were probably one of the cloud native WMS solution, um, you know, designed for mid market and you didn't really have a lot of options. So if companies didn't really want the default WMS that come with, let's say, Acumatica NetSuite, then they would go for something like this when they are looking for slightly more um, sophisticated scenarios. For example, cross-talking is going to be one of them when you look at, you know, complicated picking scenarios when you are really deep into warehouse then you probably would need and then the default wms system that you are going to get uh, with your erp is probably not going to be enough uh, and this problem is not going to be as big in manufacturing in general the reason for that is because what type of manufacturer but i absolutely yeah. agree yeah 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 um so that's pretty much it uh overall from the briefing perspective uh, do you guys have any comments Dave? Yeah, the, uh, so the solution that we had done a couple of weeks ago, Sam, that kind of kicked off uh, the ones I've participated in was Manhattan. Yeah. And the one, uh, the one additional layer uh, that I think was a really good takeaway from that uh, particular one was the, the point of sale. Uh, so yes. kind of back to the yes. internal, ver- yes. internal versus external. Um, so I think to kind of recapture that and this would be good. Um, uh, a, a good takeaway as well. Was it a yeah. full-blown point of sale or was it a high volume point of sale or low volume? Yeah, so Manhattan, they do high volume in general. Really? Uh, wow. they, yeah, Manhattan is one of the, like the if you are looking for enterprise-grade POS experience, Manhattan is probably one of them, uh, to be honest, okay? And then you are obviously going to have uh, you know, IBM, which is very big in that space as well. But overall, when you look at that POS to your WMS and TMS experience, that integration itself, that's very, 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 uh, you know, thick and hard to sort of accomplish. So any WMS solution uh, that are going to combine that POS experience, obviously, you know, uh, they are slightly better just because, again, if you're doing the legacy POS integration, then you probably don't have to worry about it. But if you are doing slightly more omni-channel centric POS integration, uh, that becomes very challenging in general. The other point, Dave, that you mentioned about internal versus external, that's a great point. Uh, you know, this is probably going to be really internal. Uh, these guys are not necessarily designed for external, but they do have another layer that I don't think we have covered so far. Okay, now that you have mentioned POS versus, you know, external. So they have DSD and DSD is a very, 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 very interesting topic, especially in the transportation WMS. This is going to be direct store delivery. Okay, so a lot of ERP systems include that as part of the ERP functionality. We have seen that in the case of, let's say, Apicor, Eclipse, Bistrack, Lumbertrack. Um, you know, all of these solutions, they include that DSD functionality because what you need is you, you need the e-signature POD, proof of delivery is the concept. 
uh, that you know when you are sort of supplying even though the signatures are not required but the way their business model is set up is you know if they are going to deliver something they need confirmation that they have delivered and that's how they sort of um, do the what is that called uh, the matching uh, process that they are doing that okay if i am delivering something okay you sign that i have delivered two set of windows or whatever otherwise they are not going to trust because sometimes i mean that is space is tricky and that they are still doing that even today can you believe that okay and i have had a lot of discussions uh, with industry experts you know why are you doing that it doesn't make any sense okay everybody has stopped <laughs> when are you guys going to stop and they are not going to do that you know they are still continuing in that so that's a very interesting piece of functionality and that's why these guys have that because sometimes that is going to reside inside your wms and in this particular case you are probably number 1 you require dsd functionality number 2 you will require uh, you know pod functionality as well and by the way we saw this in the case of your blue link erp because they are very pharma centric in that also you are going to require that as well as uh, which one is that dcom uh, if you guys remember they also had the ds they had dsd accounting functionality and these guys are slightly more operational these guys are not going to do accounting but dsd functionality is very critical in the pharma space wherever you are going to have let's say the local delivery last mile delivery local store delivery that's where that dsd functionality is very interesting these guys have one more layer called transportation spend management which gets into slightly more i don't know how to define that but that gets into more of the supply chain finance okay these guys have that as well i don't know whether other vendors have that layer or not but that's a very interesting mix so the way these guys are trying to do this is they are trying to bring everything that your supply chain professionals are going to need uh, going to be needing so everything from internal versus external uh, you know pos oms wms cms uh, snop planning all of that is part of that supply chain cross functional uh, sort of layer that everybody is trying to build but they all have sort of their differences in terms of how they are approaching the market more comments no okay okay so obviously mm. this one um, huge they are definitely huge they have what uh, roughly what 11500 employees around the world and by the way mc they acquired high jump the reason why they acquired is because they wanted to get more north american presence okay wow. so they were not as penetrated in north america and obviously high jump was one of the most installed software so high jump serves over 4000 customers across the retail consumer brands automotive aerospace pharmaceutical fnb and this is very 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 similar to some these industries at least are very similar to the other wms vendors i mean for the most part they just attack these industries which are going to be very 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 retail centric uh, retail is where the play is for wms solutions and that's why even high jump is targeting them aerospace is very interesting i don't know why they are targeting aerospace but yeah that's very interesting that they target that but for the most part it's probably going to be aerospace distribution i guess um yeah probably yeah yeah uh high jump has developed a cloud ready underlying technology platform high jump one platform uh from warehouse management and uh, intra logistics is the term that they have used to transport management um yeah so i think this is going to be really uh, inside the four walls of the warehouse they are not doing the external supply chain um Uh, with the acquisition of high jump and the software companies so they have acquired a lot of them dm logic and this is a very similar strategy as i mentioned to your aptin eci infor apicore they all are trying to acquire a lot of different vendors uh, you know and their platform strategy is very similar as well um, okay already belong to um, coreview or coreware uh, group 
with the acquisition of high jump we are really putting down a marker in the sector as we are taking a leading uh, international position in the areas of supply chain management and cloud solutions at the same time we are establishing another com- okay there's nothing much there uh okay some very interesting layers so they were more into tobacco manufacturing which is very wow. very very interesting okay uh, that's how they started then they got into technology space then they had many different businesses and different divisions uh, they did a lot of uh, you know things from the digital strategy perspective but today i guess they are really the technology sharp uh, the way they are operating i think the only other non technology division that they have is i think they are still continuing with tobacco manufacturing again this is a very similar uh, you know strategy as some of the other uh, vendors that we have seen um, now they have also acquired siemens logistics so obviously a lot of consolidation is happening in the market um, they are trying to acquire everything in the wms tms space wherever they are going to have synergies it's a very interesting move okay so this is where i was talking about the store delivery functionality i don't think we have seen store delivery with anybody else so this is what is called dsd dsd for cpg is very different then your dsd for alcoholic beverage by the way okay if you are in the brewery space winery space any sort of alcohol distribution very 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 okay they have very different uh, warehouse uh, processes as well as they are also going to have very different erp process. um you know the way erp is supposed to work so it's a very interesting and unique uh, space the way it works most of the default erp systems they are not going to in that then you have soft drink which is very interesting as well um yeah really could be very unique too um so very very interesting verticals that they are targeting but they all are going to have the uh, wms centric problems and that's why they have that what else do we have i think we saw the omni channel fulfillment as well as the in store fulfillment in other cases as well so they all are trying to attack that piece they are trying to bring that oms functionality to bring that omni channel experience they have all acquired some sort of oms they are trying to integrate with that so wms tms oms is probably the most common combination across the vendors that you have seen so far the document management that you are seeing here is slightly different don't get confused with your erp document this is going to be really your nafta uh, you know carrier documentation the way you are going to send to carrier so it's very 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 different from what you would see let's say in the case of- then uh, they have a little bit of your external as well so as you can see they have shipment visibility they have route optimization as well which is very external but they are not going to be as sophisticated as your blue yonder overall in terms of the capabilities they are slightly more upper mid market mid market the companies that are going to care more for the wms functionality than for your the external supply chain functionality and that's why they are not selling in let's say oil and gas uh, if they were selling in oil and gas they typically require a far more complicated external supply chain functionality any comments guys no oh, so it looks pretty <coughs> a lot to do with logistics too yeah so now let's look at um, some of these screens from their product perspective and again uh, i think you know some of the things that you are going to look at let's say the the label design itself is a very complicated process the way it's going to work to be honest okay because each customer is probably going to require different labels so you have correlation between your label to container to your to your product and typically that correlation does not reside inside your ERP um, ERP may have a little bit of packaging but that not necessarily how the goods are being packaged uh, only WMS is probably going to have inside there so so these layers get very thick and uh, 
you know, you are going to have a lot more layers overall in terms of how the WMS uh, processes are going to be managed. And most of the time, I mean, the WMS that is going to be as part of your ERP, most companies, if you are going to be thick into your warehouse processes, then you are probably going to outgrow that. But the whole uh, label design piece is not just as simple as, you know, you put a bunch of inputs and it's going to be printing the labels. Uh, It has a lot more intelligence built in as in you have to decide, okay, which customer are you printing which label that has to be part of your workflow. So you need to not only capture your customers, but you also need to capture their preferences. And that's where that the logic becomes very hard. Okay, now you are keeping customers here and then you are also keeping the customer's preferences. Uh, you know, so you need to design the architecture in terms of how you are going to get that customer data inside your WMS and who is going to be source of authority in keeping that intelligence when it comes to label design. So, you know, that could get tricky. And by the way, I mean, see, just the barcoding standard itself, I mean, there are so many different barcoding standards and sometimes you might need multiple based on the customer. So again, that logic gets very thick as well. So this is sort of the workflow and, you know, you are designing the workflow as your goods are moving across the warehouse, uh, you know, through the zones, uh, you know, it could be very tricky as well in terms of how that workflow is going to be managed. So overall, in terms of the business rules, you are looking at very, very, very thick business rules, especially if you are going to have warehouse where you are trying to map the whole, uh, you know, WMS process, where once you get the shipment, then what do you want to do with that? And you are trying to map all of that. It could be very complicated. And typically, these capabilities are not supported by basic WMS that you are going to get with as part of your ERP. The maximum that ERP WMS can do, they might be able to do, you know, pick back ship. They might be able to do a little bit of, uh, you know, picking scenario. Sometimes they might be able to do batch and wave. Most cases, they probably are not going to have cross-docking. Definitely not something like this. When you get into the real labor reporting, employee reporting, safety reporting, um, you know, mapping your real estate, mapping your zones, mapping workflow for zones, that's where WMS uh, processes very thick. The cycle counting could be very interesting as well. The way, and typically, most warehouse managers, they would like to keep that inside WMS. Now, how you want to design those integrations? That could be a religious conversation, to be honest. It's highly debatable. Most warehouse people are going to say that, you know what, it has to be part of WMS. ERP is just the offline. You simply send the GL entry to ERP, and ERP should not know anything related to inventory. And that's how <laughs> that's how most retail businesses run in most cases. They Their ERP is going to be really, really lean. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be just GL. It's probably not going to know anything related to customer probably not going to have any sort of inventory details. Uh, They might do a little bit of procurement, but again, the inventory is different uh, for procurement. So it's very, very, very interesting the way the retail architecture works. But that's very, very, very different from, let's say, if you have distribution, then you have to go through ERP. If you have manufacturing, you have to go through ERP. (coughs) Okay. Um, If you guys don't have any other comments. So here, I think the KPIs are very important. Okay. KPIs that you have for the warehouse in general, they you are literally counting pennies inside warehouse. And if you cannot figure out, <laughs> you're picking, packing KPIs, you know, you are probably already in, in trouble because in general, uh, the distributors, retailers, they are uh, shipping very, very, very inexpensive goods and um, they don't have a high margin for those. So they really need to be efficient uh, with their warehousing process. So that's why, I mean, these KPIs uh, are probably going to be really, really hard uh, to sort of get inside your ERP. For example, here we have what? Um, two orders to receive per hour, you can probably get that. 50 cycle counts per hour, you can probably get that. 
150 moves per hour. Now that could get interesting. So this is the stock moves. You can probably get that as well. Not sure if it is one to one, to be honest. Uh, replenishment per hour, you can probably get that as well. But again, I mean, this is not really getting into employee level when you look at. So the correlation is here is going to be okay. For number one employee, you are doing all of that. That's where I guess the real trick is. So I don't know if you can get the employee level insights. Uh, you probably could, but the labor that you are going to have inside warehouse is probably going to be slightly different. Uh, you know the way it is going to be modeled. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you wouldn't typically see this level of detail inside the ERP. It's it's going to be pulled out of there through some sort of BI tool, or if if you know at the very least, uh, you know, aggregated in Excel, right? uh so and dave sometimes you might not even have data to be able to get that to be honest okay so for example let's say if you look at um some of the locations level inside sometimes i mean yes the bins and locations they are going to be kept inside elp but again that's a very religious conversation as well okay uh if you are in the retail space uh, your retail warehouse executives and the managers they are going to say you know what ERP should not care for location. I'm not going to send you anything related to locations. I'm not going to send you anything related to bins. Okay, you guys simply count at the, for you, warehouses, this is giant yard, okay? <laughs> and you <Yeah>. are simply... <laughs> no, I, to I totally agree with you. I mean, that that uh, you really have to be dialed in to want to be able to include that level of visibility. And my point was just that it would be a lift to do some of this, uh, you know, inside the ERP uh, versus what, what obviously they've built in, uh, you know, specific for that functionality. Most organizations aren't looking for that level of visibility and would uh, would often opt to lump it into indirect, you know, indirect spend would be has been my experience. Yes. Great point. Great point. Uh, all right, guys. Any other comments? OK, um, so this is very interesting slide because this actually provides the boundary of different systems. Now, this could be very confusing as well for some people, because how do you sort of perceive, OK, what is the receipt? And, you know, a receipt is happening inside your iGEM, but you could do receipt inside your ERP as well. So how do you sort of uh, define the boundaries? Right. Then you have inventory here. You have receipt. You have storage. You have replenishment. You have picking. You have shipping. Okay, and then here you have purchasing, you have inventory, you have MRP, sales, financials, and banking. So it could be very, very, very hard to decide, okay, who does what in the architecture and how do you sort of draw the lines between these two systems. In general, the cleanest way of designing the architecture is going to be anything that happens after your shipment object, business object. As soon as you are going to create that, so you sort of have fork inside your ERP, as soon as you create your shipment object, then WMS typically takes over. If you are using a dedicated WMS system, don't do hop back and forth. That's where you are sort of going to mix and you are going to be all over the place. Okay. Once you provide the control back to your WMS, let WMS do uh, its job. You know, don't come back to ERP. Then again, go back to WMS. Then you are all over the place. <laughs> okay. So design your boundaries clearly in terms of how that handoff is going to be. Once you provide control to your WMS to finish your fulfillment, let WMS do the job, let TMS do the job. And then once they have done the job, then get the data that you really need for your ERP, which is typically going to be some sort of tracking number, uh, you know, whatever you need more from the, from the analysis perspective, I guess. But ERP is going to be completely blind as soon as ERP has handed over that, okay, this is my shipment file. Now UWMS go and run with it, do whatever you want. Just when you are done, just tell me that you have shipped so that I can communicate to my customer that I have shipped. Typically, that's how the, the 
handover uh, process works <laughs> in the case of WMS, but I have seen systems all over the place. Uh, and that's why the way these guys have designed this is, you know what, receipt should be done inside WMS because if you start doing receipt inside your ERP, then again, you are probably going to be all over the place because you need to have one view of inventory somewhere. Sometimes that could be tricky to design because sometimes you could actually do receipt inside your ERP as well. Uh, here, their perspective is going to be wherever you are using barcoding, you should be using WMS. Uh, you know, that's their perspective. And that's why they want to do receipt. They want to do storage. They want to do replenishment. They want to do picking and shipping. But again, that unified view of inventory is where the real challenge is in designing the architecture. Okay. Uh, so now here we have some more KPI. So uh, we are looking at number of orders, number of lines, number of units, which is very interesting too. And then we have the labor estimate, right? And overall, in terms of the functionality, if you look at their screen, then we have receiving, stock locator, picking, repacking, shipping, cycle count. Those are different. And again, if you are going to look at the mobile screen, it's probably going to appear very lean. Uh, but overall, when you look at, uh, you know, any of the processes from the WMS perspective, even if you are simply repackaging or reassembling, you know, that all has to go through WMS just because you are scanning. So it has to go through WMS. Let's look at some more uh, slides. Now, you have some very interesting things here. For example, let's say you are looking at the pick size to pick size, right? And this is really the reconfiguration of your whether you are simply repackaging it or you are changing the configuration of the way your products are, are packaged now. So you are going to have a little bit of unit of measure conversion and that has to go through your WMS processes as well. And that's where this becomes very thick. Even if you are simply reconfiguring, sorting, packaging, creating bigger packets, all of that has to be part of this and that has to be part of your it's almost like, I mean, the way your MRP works inside ERP, here you are going to have its own algorithm in terms of the way it is trying to sort of optimize. That has to go through the picking process and then packing and sorting. They have concept of bulk bin, which is very interesting. And by the way, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you guys one thing that I've seen. Uh, you know, so in this particular case, bulk bin could, could be, I don't know, it could be that bulk bin that we see inside your grocery store. So typically that is the concept uh, of uh, bulk bin. But now we are seeing cases where you have a bin, but then you are going to have a parent bin, okay? And that parent bin is part of much larger warehouse location, and that has some sort of intelligence built in as well. So we have those scenarios. So there is one more level of hierarchy, which is going to be bulk bin, which is a very interesting piece of functionality that you are not going to find probably in most ERP systems. Um, so again, these business objects become very thick when you get into the complicated warehouse functionality. Uh, comments, Steve? No, no, just interesting. Uh, yeah, just interesting in deep terms of uh, yeah, for sure. What's that, Andy? Deep functionality. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts exactly. Just interesting to see the additional layers. To your point, Sam, just interesting to see the additional layers uh, that some of these uh, solutions are, uh, you know, are completing. So, but you know, when you think about a business uh, that is going to implement something like this, you know, every inch is uh, is of extreme value. Exactly. Uh, so maximizing, you know, not just the efficiency of which you can uh, pick, pack and receive, but, uh, you know, actually store goods, yeah. uh, it becomes critical. So you can see how it all connects. It's just interesting to see uh, that deep of, of uh, layers. Yeah. And I, I think there is one more point, Dave, that I want to mention uh, related to this point. And in this particular case, I don't I don't think we are seeing a lot of 
real estate KPIs. Okay. In the larger systems, you are going to have real real estate square footage uh, with every single API where they are also doing cost of storage. Um, you know, how much space are you taking to store a specific product? You have functionality such as your slotting, which so it's not obvious. I'm not sure if these guys can really do that, but that is where you are going to get a lot more advanced functionality uh, in your Blue Yonder. When you are doing any sort of WCS-centric scenarios, uh, where you really need to know which location has which kind of you know product, and you have to have very tight schema uh, to be able to do that, right? And that becomes admin overhead. But again, if you're looking for that kind of automation, you need to be really sure about knowing the location of the product and you know having those uh, product at the right time. Um, now, allocation is the probably the most debated topic in general. Okay, so when you are going to have two different systems that are keeping allocation. Okay, it becomes very, 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 very challenging to design. Okay, in general, in the retail space, everybody's gonna argue that you know what WMS should have allocation. Okay, that means WMS is the system that is the source of truth even for inventory. When you do that, that means you are really minimizing the power of ERP. Um, you know that could work for some businesses that are going to be pure play retail may not work for other businesses that are going to be manufacturing plus retail plus distribution because they have to have and sometimes they are probably going to use two different ERPs. Uh, that's why they use it because retail business is very different from your distribution and distribution business is very different from your manufacturing. Sometimes you can combine distribution and manufacturing but combine retail and manufacturing becomes very hard. <laughs> very, very, very hard. Um, and again, that's where the uh, uh, process design as well as the the way your data sets are going to be designed who's going to be doing what uh, you know what is going to be the handshake algorithm when you are going to be doing handshake for the allocation that becomes very critical as well because i don't know at what point you are going to do the handshake how you are going to do the allocation if let's say 50 percent of inventory state is residing inside your wms and 50 percent is in here i don't know how you will reconcile that how you will make decisions it becomes very 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 challenging i think going back to that other slide sam and i think we covered this uh, a session or two ago i can't remember which solution we were looking at but uh you know it gets back to the point and we've made it previously but it gets back to the point of of making sure that as you're asking questions, as you're having these conversations, that the the terminology and the meaning behind, you know, the definition behind the terminology, that you're very much in alignment. Uh, and you know, while it may seem obvious to one party or the other, uh, it is very quick. You can get confused very quickly, which you know can lead to some serious issues down the road. So yeah, trust me, I see this on a daily basis, Dave, and um, it's almost like it becomes a debate, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And some people I are going to say, that. you know what? Okay, this is my kit, uh, but then I'm going to say that's not the kit I know. I don't know what that is, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen kit to be implemented like this, and again, you are calling this as kit, but it's something else. The same thing goes for allocation as well. They might call it allocation, but they might be doing something else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and, and, you know, the point of kind of the fragmented processes, I mean, just further complicates the issue uh, in terms of how you can, you know, ask and question, ask questions from the standpoint of, of making sure if this is a solution that you're, you know, wanting to demo or take a look at from an implementation standpoint to make sure that it's going to be able to handle, you know, business use cases, because uh, you are from a, a user standpoint, you're thinking of one scenario 
And if you're not clearly articulating that, you know, to whomever is is uh, participating in the demo, um, you know, you could wind up in a really bad spot down the road and vice versa, you know, vice versa. So it becomes very interesting, to be honest. And that's what I mean, I think Andy talks about it all the time, you know, when you are going to look at the checklist, uh, you know, centric selection or sort of the demo centric selection, you know, it becomes very hard because you are going to say kit. You know, yes, it is the same term that you both are using, but you both are talking about very different things. Okay, once you actually look at data, once you look at how the process is really mapped out, how you are using Kit or Phantom, in some cases even Vam, okay? Uh, you know, yeah, that's it, what dictates. <laughs> it can <laughs> be anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, can, it really can be anything. I, I had a similar conversation about customer owned and consignment inventory. Yeah, uh, recently, and you know, the meaning the the meaning that was being utilized and kind of utilized internally is different than I would say most people understand what those terms to be. Yeah. It's not saying it's wrong. It's just what they've you know kind of put into that bucket. So. The point being that, you know, it's okay to kind of have your own terminology as long as, you know, everybody understands exactly what you mean when you reference, you know, and I'm talking organization wide internally, uh, when you're referencing, a, a you know, a certain, uh, you know, type of functionality. So, uh, yeah, it becomes very much a translation, uh, you know, activity. Exactly. Exactly. So let's look at some more slides here. Now, you have very interesting features such as, you know, assigning the picker, but essentially what you are doing is assigning to a scan gun. Scan guns are also identified in the WMS system, so which is very interesting as well. Um, um, and typically, when you are going to look at their workflow, that is slightly simplified in general, and that's what adds to the efficiency. Sometimes people don't understand why the WMS is going to be slightly easier than, you know, if you are going to use the ERP integrated WMS because... ERP integrated WMS is trying to hit those accounting transactions. So yes, it is going to be real time, but it, the transaction is going to be far longer. It's going to have far deeper depth. Now there is always going to be uh, pros and cons of every approach. But you know, when you decouple something, when you are going to be performing the transactions in isolation, obviously you are going to be faster. The user experience is going to be better, but then you are going to get a lot more variances in the background. So make sure you guys understand the pros and cons. <laughs> Of whatever you are trying to do, every decision is going to have some sort of implication. Comment? No. Now they have many different um, options here. Overall, when you look at you know one scan picking, uh, that could be very interesting as well. Um, to be honest, especially again, this is mapped out that way to simplify the uh, processes as well as number of clicks. Uh, and what and typically most warehouse managers are probably going to ask for this particular feature just because they are trying to minimize the overhead. The number of clicks is going to define how fast you can move uh, your warehouse goods. And, you know, if you have to scan five times, um, you know, you have to enter the barcode five times, uh, move through five screens. <laughs> Nobody has time for that inside warehouse, right? So that's where uh, these scenarios are really, really interesting. And most advanced warehouse systems are probably going to have that. Is this where you'd use some license plating, do you think, Sam? So that's a very interesting topic as well, to be honest. And if you are doing license plating, I think you need to make a decision whether you are going to do that inside ERP or WMS, okay? Some ERP mm. systems might support license plate natively, but then let's say if you are using WMS system, advanced WMS system, for the most part, you are going to be building those license plates inside your WMS. So now the question that you are going to ask yourself, do you really need to send these license plates inside ERP? 
probably you don't have to okay most companies don't send if they have an advanced wms system so again the question becomes let's say if you both of your systems have that functionality you are overpaying for the system that you bought so that's why you know you should be looking at more from the enterprise architecture perspective okay if i'm already buying an advanced wms do i really need those capabilities inside inside ie sometimes you might require that depending upon how your workflows are mapped to be honest because let's say if you are doing asn and where exactly are you sending asn from if you are sending from your erp then you might need to have the license plate information inside your erp as well at least you want to centralize the communication and if your wms is doing the edi communication and i think this is the conversation that we had last time dave right that if wms does that then erp does not anything <laughs> what is happening with that communication i mean erp is only going to get a gl entry and then you lose that traceability inside erp so again it's all about workflow mapping in terms of how you want to design your workflows as well as architecture but these decisions are going to have significant impact overall in terms of what you are trying to accomplish so here some of the other interesting functionality that you are going to see is the carton scan the uh, you know you have the carton then you have license plate you have the packages obviously their goal is going to be to reduce the number of you know scans number of clicks that they have inside wms that's what they are trying to do but you need to have all of this to be able to match to be able to uh, you know have the quality processes and now this is going to be a very interesting conversation as well okay where do you keep your quality are you going to keep inside your wms mes erp because everybody is trying to do quality okay by the way plm <laughs> so you have quality at four different places now how are you going to tie all of this together you know good luck with that <laughs> so again uh, you know i think what you need to do is you need to design your workflows and you need to figure out okay where do you need the insights you know who is going to be doing what it's okay to do quality in whichever system you want but again if you need that insight or you need some sort of centralized communication from your central system which generally is erp then you probably need to have it there but then with wms it becomes slightly more challenging because you definitely have to have that hop because let's say if you are doing quality but quality does require barcoding then you are going to do back and forth communication <laughs> between your wms because as soon as you scan now this is a quality transaction so do you keep that inside your erp and if you go back to your erp and then you need to do the next scan so you have that round trip so it becomes very 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 convoluted in designing the transactions and that's why then you are going to have the in process scan or in production sort of scan where you are implementing the barcoding that could be even trickier uh, wms is all going to claim you know what i can do inbound outbound in process you know whatever you want i can do all of that but then you know this whole interaction between your erp wms that's where uh, you know it, it, it could be really tricky to design that and sometimes i mean you know for those complicated scenarios i guess if you have erp integrated wms it could be slightly easier because you know it's doing it in real time but i don't know how much that is going to scale because number one the transaction is going to be slower and number two those wms are not really designed for enterprise scenarios so yeah it, it's always tricky <laughs> wms e-commerce integration they are never you know easy um so we have uh, some reviews here warehouse management as it should be this is coming from uh, 2021 which is fairly new they are saying we are using corbeo uh, warehouse edge uh, formerly high jump by the way they had one more name there which is um, xlos one across our entire organization from creating orders in our erp system to labeling and shipping okay uh they have used it everywhere which is wonderful so now they are 
uh, talking about uh, pros and cons. So here they are saying inventory tracking is critical to our business. But again, what level of inventory tracking are you talking about here? Uh, that's what I guess you need to define. Okay, shipping and uploading orders. Again, very interesting comment. Customer information. Which customer information are you talking about? Um, you know, are you keeping customer information inside WMS? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Uh, depending upon the WMS, in most cases you are probably going to need that because if you are using that for your documentation, NAFTA documentation, then you definitely require the customer record. You know, your sales order is going to be there. That is going to have dependency on say uh, your customer information, so you need to keep that. Carrier information. Your ERP might not carry carrier information, so that's a very interesting comment as well. So your WMS is probably going to carry that. Now they are talking about some of the cons, and they are saying there are no alerts when back orders don't drop down. Interesting comment. And back orders in general is going to be very tricky to implement. You know how you are designing your process boundaries. Uh, it's very, very tricky. Anything, uh, whether you talk about RMAs, return, or back orders, those three. You know, there's going to be a significant fight between your e-commerce system, WMS, <laughs> as well as your ERP. I don't know. I mean, it's it's really, really tricky, to be honest, to design that. And that's why most people are probably going to complain about these, um, you know, edge scenarios in general. Um, then you have 2019, a positive experience. This is the, uh, this is the wholesale company, right? So they are saying warehouse edge is used across our enterprise covering two locations and all order fulfillment is completed uh, via this system with our ERP NetSuite. So these guys are using it with NetSuite. So, you know, a lot of the reviews that you are going to see are probably going to be with NetSuite has had a, a couple of issues. By and large, it has been a significant improvement over our prior environment, which is Sage. And again, depending upon which ERP system they are using from Sage, Sage has many different ones. So it's not a one to one comparison, to be honest. Probably they were on some uh, very legacy uh, system from Sage perspective. Now, the integration with NetSuite has been somewhat finicky and has required more hand holding to perfect than I would have expected. In general, the WMS integrations are always, always going to be tricky, regardless of how much pre-baked integration they already have. Okay, it's a it's a very, very, very involved integration just because of the hops that I was talking about going between your, you know, going from ERP to WMS and coming back to ERP, doing the quality scenarios and inventory allocation, it's going to be all over the place. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Sam, just a question around that is in your experience, do you find it more on the visibility side in terms of that data transfer or is it or is it actually at the transaction level that is creating uh, issues? I mean, I know those two things are related, but I'm, I'm just curious what you hear uh, or what you've seen, um, you know, more of an issue. Yeah, so issues are always going to be around two different areas. Number one, inventory, and number two is going to be allocation. Okay? okay, and the reason why those two issues are always going to be there is because even if you are by, you know, off by one product, okay, then your inventory is going to be off. And let's say if you are going to be in the apparel space and uh, where everything matters, size, color, and you are trying to build a omni-channel experience where you need to allocate at the order level. It becomes very, 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 very tricky to manage that. Okay. Typically, the challenge always with e-commerce as well as WMS integration is going to be when you are doing, let's say, if you place the order, you know, and you are doing the handshake, okay, you place the order, now order goes to your ERP. Now, ERP is going to have five different stages that it is trying to sort of, uh, you know, work on as you have processed the order. Now, once you do the edit on the order, Okay, now what do you do? Do you kill this order? Do you place another one? 
So what do you do with the order? I mean, the same thing happens with the WMS scenarios as well. So when you are going to have these boundary scenarios where you are going back and forth to reconcile that, even at the transactional level, could be very hard, Dave. Yeah, now it makes sense from a reconciliation standpoint, especially when you get into a scenario, you know, more complex scenarios, which, you know, anybody that's in this space is going to, you know, it's going to have to navigate because from a consumer perspective, that's how we expect to, you know, experience this, right? So it's, our, we are our own worst enemies uh, from that standpoint. So when you talk about those omni-channel experiences where, you know, you could do uh, ship to store or, yep. you know, ship to ship to customer or transfer. I mean, all of those people don't think about this, but those are all transactions that a system has to handle. Larger the organization, the more complex the system infrastructure, more complex all those transactions are. And, you know, how upset do you get when you, you, when you, you say, you know, oh, there's three left on the shelf. No problem. I'll swing by there and grab one only to find out that the, you know, the uh, transaction uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't reconcile and they're actually out of stock in that uh, location. So makes sense. Exactly. And that's why sometimes, I mean, see, when you are going to talk about that real-time integration, that's always the easiest to implement Okay, right. in general. But that that is not always going to scale. So when you are thinking more from the demo perspective, in demo, you are not worried about scale. <laughs> well, and that, least, yeah, ahead, that's, that's a great point, too, because, you know, especially as as a lot of the conversations we've had talk about uh, you know, the computing power and as as uh, some of these solutions are, are moving to the cloud, uh, you know, somebody is paying for all of that computing power. So, you know, a blanket statement of let's just make it all real time. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a real expense, uh, especially moving into the future that will be associated with that. It's it's not just, a, you know, we can make these things talk to each other because they're sitting next to each other in a server rack room somewhere. Yep, could not agree more. Uh, we can continue with the commentary. I don't know if anything else. You guys have uh, more comments? Well, well, the one very last comment on that uh, screen you were just showing, it talked okay. about to the con. Uh, let me bring it back, actually. Yeah, uh, go ahead. The integration with NetSuite has been somewhat finicky. That, that's an interesting comment because, well, first off, whenever you have two products integrating with each other, there's a lot of work. Uh, and if you don't, take it seriously, the integration, you're going to get a finicky, just the way it is. Um, if you integrate it properly, it'll probably go fine. But uh, it's just an example of, of somebody complaining about two different products that were probably not integrated properly. Yeah, yeah. Could not agree more. I think great, uh, you know, comment there. Um, it's, again, very, very challenging. Um, you know, when you are looking at e-commerce, WMS-centric integrations. Yeah, Everyone says it's easy, Sam, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly just ones and zeros you guys it's it's just is. ones just and zeros APIs you know how hard could it be no. anybody can integrate right it's all APIs right it's That's all, all APIs it's just yeah. like this That's yeah it. exactly exactly <laughs> exactly yeah uh, that was the comment I wanted to make yeah um, more comments guys no I, I don't have anything else okay amazing guys so we'll uh, you know close then um, again, if you're looking at this one, I think this is a fairly sophisticated WMS in general. Um, overall, uh, from the WMS capabilities perspective, um, and they are fairly well installed, especially if you're looking for cloud native experience. They are very well known, uh, you know, in the cloud native space. 
so definitely include as part of your evaluation, but pay attention to the points that we have mentioned as part of this uh, conversation. On that note, if you join for the first time, uh, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another vendor or the solution. On that note, thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Thanks, Sam. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about ND Pratico, head over to esoft.com. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or dm me on any social channels i'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help thank you and i hope to catch you on the next episode of the wbs podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the wbs podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode for more information on growth strategies for smbs using erp and digital transformation check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.